Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another Tangle Tales episode. It is I, Andy. I'm here for another uh, for another quick uh, update about some um, Tangle-related things. Uh, first of all, I hope you uh, are doing well and listen to the last episode, the Q&A one. Um, if anybody has questions, please send them along to me. I enjoyed recording that, so I think I may do another one in uh, the near future, but yeah, if you have any feedback, whether you hated it or have any questions or anything, yeah, send it along. I am happy to hear all any and all feedback. So anyways, today's topic, I decided I wanted to touch on something that has been um, happening in the, the industry pretty regularly for as long as I've been involved, um, the past nine years in the uh, craft beer industry, and that is collaborations. The reason that I thought about bringing this up is because this past week at um, Black Star Co-op, in fact, um, I brewed a collaborative beer with some lager buddies from Live Oak Brewing Company in Austin, Texas and Austin Beer Works in Austin, Texas. Um, but the collaborate, uh, collaboration beer that we brewed was initially going to be a uh, Tanglefoot collaboration. So I felt it was uh, appropriate to to talk about that on this podcast and kind of the the whole process and what happened and why it ultimately didn't work out for Tanglefoot. So uh, yeah, and uh, I guess let's dive into uh, the growing pangs of uh, having a really tiny brewery. So I have a friend, a buddy, his name is Matt Benavidez. He brews at Austin Beer Works, a uh, craft brewery in Austin, Texas, no doubt. And he also, with his wife, runs an organization called the Beer Museum. Um, they do like historical, informative um, education about about brewing beer and brewing and or beer brewing in Texas and and different really cool things. But they uh, they don't have a storefront yet, so they have a, a kind of a mobile museum so to speak but anyways he he was in contact with a uh, a group that's putting on a festival at the Kreisha brewery which is located in lagrange texas the festival is called bluff schutzenfest um it's honoring german texas heritage and um the festival is held like i just mentioned on the kreitz or i'm sorry Kreisha brewery um in LaGrange, Texas. And this brewery is, um, it's actually like historic ruins of a, uh, what, what used to be a brewery. Um, there was a brewery called the crash brewery, um, that was operating there in the 1800s, I believe the late 1800s. Um, but the, uh, the, the stones and the ruins are still there from the, uh, kind of what's left over from the brew house and, and kind of how they um, diverted water to use in the brewing process. Anyways, I haven't been out there and I'm super stoked to go check it out at some point because it's a lot of cool Texas history. But the organization that's putting on the festival, um, I'm not sure how they got in contact um, with Matt, but Matt uh, reached out to me at Tanglefoot Brewing to see if I was interested in brewing a collaborative beer with the Beer Museum to uh, basically serve out at the festival. So, uh, we had kind of thrown some ideas around and talked about it. And at first I was initially super excited. 
um, when we first talked about this three, four months ago, maybe, and um, maybe not that long, but still, it was it was a few months ago, and I uh, and I, it was a little ambitious at the time, but I felt like I could make it make it work. Well, things at the beer saloon have been picking up, so I'm selling uh, increasingly more beer, and my beer supply is dwindling, hence the upcoming expansion, which I'm going to go in great detail about over the next few weeks. But um, as my uh, beer supply started dwindling, it became ever more apparent that I was not going to be able to do this for a number of reasons. One, um, I brew a barrel at a time, as y'all know. Um, and so one beer, two months worth of waiting time, two months worth of work uh, is essentially two kegs. And so one of those kegs being diverted to another place that is not the beer saloon is automatically, you know, that that's a, a, a tricky logistical thing to deal with. But two, um, I, in order to execute the purchase of this collaborative beer to this beer event, uh, I would need to distribute the beer and report that to TABC, the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission, which tracks all all things uh, alcohol sales related. And in order to do that for a brewery, a brew pub such as Tanglefoot, I would need to either A, um, self-distribute it, or B, send the beer through a distributor, a third-party entity that purchases the beer from a brewery and then sells it to a retailer. So for I don't know if I've really talked about the three-tiered system in this podcast, but in uh, the alcoholic beverage space, there's a three-tiered uh, division. There are manufacturers at the very top, there are distributors in the middle, and there are retailers at the bottom. Brew pubs are uh, kind of like the best of all three worlds. They are uh, manufacturers and that they can produce their own uh, beer and they are also retailers so they can sell their beer on site. Um, and they also have the option to distribute if they wish. Um, the reason that self-distribution was not an option for this was that you need to apply and, uh, be approved to, uh, have a, uh, distributors permit or distributors license tacked onto your existing brew pub license. And to do that, it one takes time and two, it takes about $3,000. So for one keg of beer in the, uh, short kind of like short to midterm, uh, future of this business, you know, $3,000 to distribute one keg does not make any sense in the future. I will be, you know, ideally be sending more beer out the door as I continue to grow, but yeah, it just financially didn't make sense. And it also was going to put a huge crunch on, uh, the production as well. Uh, and then to the second reason that, that I mentioned, uh, that I, you could send through a distributor. The reason I don't want to do that is that once you sign on to a distributor in the state of Texas, when you enter into an agreement with a distributor, you sell them products so that they can then distribute your beer. They own the rights to be able to sell your product in Texas basically forever. Um, so signing on with a distributor is a huge commitment. Um, it's a very big deal. And there are some avenues to take where it isn't necessarily as big of a commitment and potentially isn't a lifetime commitment, but it's not something uh, to be taken lightly. So definitely not on the table as far as um, what I'm looking to do with Tanglefoot in the immediate future. So I uh, did not want to explore that option. So ultimately I had to uh, 
uh, had to swallow that pill and, and just tell Matt that I was unable to do it. And luckily when I did, uh, things at Blackstar, uh, the production kind of seemed to line up perfectly in order to extend that, uh, collaborative effort, um, on, uh, all of our parts, uh, so that we could brew it at Blackstar. So Matt was like, okay, that works too. We can, as long as we can, uh, get the beer out there, that'd be a cool experience. So what we did was, um, we were just going to do it, you know, Blackstar and Beer Museum. Well, you know, Tanglefoot is kind of roughly involved because I am the brewer at Blackstar, but I'm also Tanglefoot. So, like, I'm there no matter what. So, it's just kind of, like, makes a lot of sense. And then um, we were like, okay, well, you know, Matt's from Austin Beer Works, too. So, Austin Beer Works, collaborative effort there. And then we would talk to our buddy Ryan Monahan from Live Oak. And he was uh, interested in, in jumping in on the collab as well. So, uh, and the reason that these connections kind of have happened because we're reaching out about different, um, different things, uh, different details about the ingredients of the the beer, the beers that were brewed at the Crusher Brewery, maybe a different uh, strain of yeast. So, asking Live Oak if they had any uh, information on these ingredients, maybe we could get some for the brew, but ultimately just brought them in to, uh, to collaborate on this beer. So once we kind of established, Hey, we're going to, we're going (laughs) to, we're going to collaborate. We then uh, talked about what beer we wanted to do. We wanted to roughly emulate a style uh, that they may have brewed at the Kreischer brewery. Uh, There's not a ton of literature on what exactly was brewed, but dark, uh, they brewed lagers and dark beer specifically was noted in some texts. So we were like, hey, what if we did kind of like a light, almost like a Shiner Bach-ish, uh, 4% easy drinking darker lager. And um, their, their malting practices, so they actually malted their own grains uh, back, in the, back in the day. And so their malting practices would have had them kilning grains or drying grains over an open fire. So they would inherently be smoky. So we were like, what if we put some smoke malt in there? So we make it like a smoky, light, dark lager, if that makes any sense. So came together and we ended up brewing that last Thursday. Um, So that's a really long uh, story leading up to uh, the reason that I wanted to talk about collaborations and that it's they're kind of a, an interesting aspect to this community, to this industry. And um, the craft beer industry is so uh, communal, and there's a ton of camaraderie in this industry. It's unlike any other any other industry I've been a part of. But uh, it's super cool and fun. And these collaborations are a great example of of kind of the community and how everybody is is pretty uh, intertwined and and really stoked with helping each other out. So the basis of a collaboration is a unified message at first, um, generally speaking. So one brewery reaches out to another brewery, or maybe they're having drinks, or they're, you know, on a text thread, something happens to instigate, hey, we should we should brew a beer together. Um, so once that happens, the two breweries generally point persons will talk about what specifically they're interested in brewing. And then, um, you know, recipe development and kind of procedures and and where are we going to brew it? How are things going to be sold? And, and kind of the details of collaboration get talked out over the course of time. But essentially, it's just two, two parties coming together saying, hey, we should brew a beer together. Um, I'm going to take a sip of my drink. 
which is a Live Oak Pills. Cheers. So generally speaking, um, breweries can be kind of as much or as little um, um, involved in the in the recipe creation process as they want. I've been a part of some collaborations that were very detailed and very thoughtful and very, um, you know, there was a ton of time spent on uh, recipe and execution and what we wanted the final product to be and, and branding and artwork and all of that stuff. And I've also been a part of some collaborations that were like, hey, let's just brew a beer today and let's, you know, let's figure it out and just threw something together last minute. But the spirit of it is still there where people just want to hang out, brew a beer and uh, have it be kind of like a co-branded thing. So one unique example of a collaboration that I've done is um, at Tanglefoot. I've only done two. Um, technically, this this one with uh, Blackstar, Beer Museum, Austin Beer Works, and Live Oak is the third. But the uh, first collaboration I did was with uh, some buddies of mine from Balcones Distilling in Waco. Um, we... Uh, so Balcones Distilling is a distillery, but they also put in a small kind of, uh, not pilot, but like a five barrel brewing system inside of the distillery so that they had something to offer their guests that didn't necessarily want to drink cocktails or, or liquor. So, um, but the guys that work there are super great and awesome. And they just so happen to be into Czech lagers. And so uh, when I first opened several folks from um Balcones and, and Waco in general uh, came down and supported me and, and came out to drink some beers. And so uh, through, you know, those friendships started talking about doing a collaboration and the collaboration that we ended up deciding on was a 11 degree pale lager. So if you've been to Tanglefoot or listened to these episodes, pale lager is just a pale colored uh, lighter beer that is lagered and the number um, at the beginning is in reference to the starting sugar content of the wort. Uh, but that's about it. That's about all the information that, that you get from that. So this 11 degree pale lager, uh, we had just talked about doing it, you know, in that Czech lager style by the naming and, um, and emulating the, uh, water profile and specifically lagering it and using Czech hops. But the differentiator for this was, um, brewing with a different strain of yeast that I had never brewed with before. And uh, I think we had, what was it? The the Budvar yeast um, from the uh, the original Budweiser. Um, but yeah, we used the Budvar yeast and then we used some Saz hops. Um, and damn, I'm completely drawing a blank. What were the other hops that we used? Well, anyways, we used a, a, a different uh, varietal of hops that were still Czech, but, um, lended a different, different hop character to the beer. So, uh, different recipes and, and, um, and different processes to, to execute it. We weren't able to decoct. So that's kind of a, a combination of like using their brew house and their techniques and kind of like what I do at Tanglefoot and kind of meshing the things together. So, uh, collaborations are, are just a, I don't know, just like a cool friendly way to, to, to co-promote each brewery and learn a little something at, um, 
at another another brew house and it's yeah they're really cool it's fun to to share these experiences with other brewers and and try to share as much knowledge as you can you know one thing i'm a huge proponent of is water chemistry when you're developing these recipes and for some folks that's not necessarily their forte or something that they're particularly um knowledgeable on and the you know they but their usage of hops is maybe way more um thoughtful and and is super awesome for me to learn and 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 take some more information back to to my brewery as well so just a nice collaborative effort um i hope that wasn't too weird of a explanation of all of these things but yeah just uh collaborations in the industry happen all the time and anytime you see them um out and about uh yeah check them out and see see if you can see the uh the different influences from each of the breweries brewing styles and if you're uh several people ask me about the i've done a collaboration with balcones did a collaboration with bold republic which is in belton and i've done this now this collaboration with uh you know black star live oak austin beer works beer museum but um why i don't have the beers on tap at tanglefoot uh, the simple answer is I only have four taps and up until this weekend, they were all occupied. Um, 22 degree Tamave was on the fourth tap and actually ended up blowing. And uh, so now that tap is open. So who knows, maybe there will be a keg of that collaboration beer on. I'm not certain, um, but we will, we'll see. Maybe a little tease there. If that, if that ends up coming to fruition, that may be a, a, a fun little, smoky surprise for everybody but anyways that's all i got on collaborations i hope that wasn't too boring and uh yeah hope you have a great night cheers now it's probably 6 a.m when this is released so good night bye